What about lending? Surely they're lending money. Um, no, they don't. Banks don't lend money. Banks, again, at law, it's very clear, they're in the business of purchasing securities. That's it. So you say, okay, don't you know, confuse me with all that legalese. No, I want fine. a loan. I want a loan. Yeah. Fine. Here's the loan contract. Here's the offer letter. And you sign. At law, it's very clear, you have issued a security, namely a promissory note. And the bank is going to purchase that. That's what's happening Put at law. Put it in layman's terms. What does that mean? It means that um, what the bank is doing is very different from what it presents to the public that it's doing. How does this fit together? So you say, fine, the bank purchases my promissory note, but how do I get my money? I want, you know, it's a I loan. Want I want my 200 grand, right? I don't care about the details. I want the money. The bank will say, well, you'll find it in your account with us. That would be technically correct. If they say, we'll transfer it to your account, that's wrong because no money is transferred at all. It's already From in the bank. anywhere inside the bank or outside the bank. Why? Because what we call a deposit is simply the bank's record of its debt to the public. Now, it also owes you money, and its record of the money it owes you is what you think you're getting as money. And that's all it is. And that is how the banks create the money supply. The money supply consists to 97% of bank deposits. And these are created out of nothing by banks. When Tell you what, banks don't lend money. They only offer a security. This is some crazy talk, and I like to have it broken down. That's why we have our weekly economic update with a guy that has not one but two PhDs, Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Dr. Kirk Elliott, break down what we just saw and explain this. Banks do not lend money. If I'm buying a car, buying something, and I go there and they give me money, they're not giving it to me as a gift. This doesn't make any sense, I don't think, to most people. I think we're kind of catching on to it. But the way the banks, we, we always had this picture, I say we, I'm including me, of you go to the bank, they got these marble pillars, and it feels like a place of security and strength. And they got this back room back there with pallets, uh, with cash, you know, and they it's hard for you to carry around cash, so they just, you know, put it numbers in the bank. But but they have all the money. When I If I take my paycheck and I give them a check, they have that that money's there, right? How does this work? And what did we just what did we just see? And I'd like to play that clip again after you explain it because I want to really grasp what these guys are talking about. Yeah, so I, th- that's such a great clip. And uh, happy happy uh, Monday, by the way, or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It's Tuesday today. Yes, happy Tuesday. And and you know what? Good job on winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> you guys well, got to be excited for. It, 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 it did take it did take a few days to kind of kind of like let the let the high you know kind of wear off where you could talk again without being yeah. annoying and obnoxious. But it is a good time to be from Kansas City. We always had barbecue, but now we got you know a pretty regularly uh, you know five AFC championship games in a row and you know two of the last three Super Bowls. It's pretty good and you know, and the, yep. like the third youngest team in the NFL. So that's pretty. Pretty good spot to be. A little yeah. nervous about the Broncos next year, too, but we won't even get into that now. You guys got a new coach, and I think that's the biggest hole you had. Leadership leadership is everything, David. Yes. So, Which brings it back so, to our country. Yeah, <laughs> we'll give you a run for your money. No, we, we probably won't. But anyways, <laughs> it is what it is. But, okay, so this, this video from the Russian Times, very good. I mean, and, you know, I hate to burst your bubble, but the money that you think you have in the bank isn't in the bank. And this just explained why. So so when you deposit, you know, a hundred bucks 
in the bank and you're checking your savings account, you assume it's there, right? But no, well, what do banks do with it? They invest it. This is fractional reserve banking, right? right. So you give them money because banks are in the business of making money. Banks aren't in the business of of making sure that you have money on hand when you need it, right? That's that's a supposed byproduct of it. But but technically, they they take your money and they invest it. They invest it in real estate. They invest it in securities. They invest it in whatever they want to invest it in, right? And then what you see on your checking and savings account statements that you okay. get from the bank every month or when you look online, it's a, it's a ledger entry. It, it doesn't really mean anything. It says, this is the money that you deposited and what you supposedly have left. And, you know, if you come and want it, it's probably going to be there because not everybody's going to come and want their money at the same time. Right. So, so they're sort of betting on that. With this. So the numbers they're betting on not everybody. I, I take them a dollar and they're going to write it in the, in the note. And, they, and then the lady takes them a dollar. And I look at my account and says, oh, you got an extra dollar in your checking account, which is a silly thing. When I was a kid, you could go and buy stuff at the store for a dollar. But now there's nothing at the, at the Hy-Vee or the Publix or anywhere for one dollar. You can't buy anything at the store for a dollar. It's become the new the no, dollar's and, the new penny. And you're right. How could banks have all these big marble pillars and everything else if you give them a dollar and they don't do anything with it, right? So obviously, they're investing it. They're making money with it. It's really not there. So they're hoping and praying that not everybody wants their money at the same time, which is why times of economic contraction is so dangerous for banks, because you could easily get a run on, on your money. Well, how close are we to that? Right. Well, during COVID, the, the Federal Reserve basically changed the reserve requirement so to, to zero. Like It used to be 10%, meaning when, when you invest your dollar, you know if the reserve requirement were 10%, the bank would lend out 90 cents of that dollar and keep 10 cents back for people that are wanting to, you know, get their money out, right? So, right. so for, so so for sure, I could always go back and get a dime. I'd always be able to get a dime for sure, even if, even if all hell broke loose. I could go back and get a dime. Yeah, I mean, technically, yes. And so, but during COVID, they changed the reserve requirement to zero. So banks can lend out everything, right? Every Everything, right. Which, is, good. which is a dangerous thing, which is why... The reason for that video, it's like banks aren't in the business of, of being a safe haven for your capital. They're they're in the business to make money from your money. So so that's what they do. And they say, thank you very much, David. Thanks for giving us money so we can make more money on it. And you can get it out pretty much if we have it. I mean, that's really what they're saying. So this is this is the the fallacy of banking in people's minds. Is yeah, that's kind of what I was pictured right that there, that great. picture on the screen right there. That's kind of what you have in mind. You know, you, you see mm -hmm. movies where you go and there, people are going to rob a bank and there's, you know, pallets of, of cash and gold back there and, and, and security deposit boxes and stuff like that. You know, you, you think, you think the money's all there when you, if you, if you, if you made X amount of dollars in that year and you put that amount of money in and you paid your bills and stuff, you assume all that money's there. You assume that it is, but it's not, which is why when we kind of exposed the FDIC um, mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, how they only have 1.38% of all deposits insured, this is why they were so concerned about the public finding out about their their scheme, that they have very little capital mm -hmm. on hand, because if there's a run on the banks and the FDIC has to kick in for your supposed $250,000 of insurance coverage per account, they only have... 1.38%, right? That's it. They have for, for every dollar, 
they have 1.38 cents that they can actually insure because that's how underfunded the FDIC is. So, so when you have banks that are starved of capital, they, they, they invest stuff in real estate and securities and companies and whatever they want. And when the, the, when the markets start to come down, what happens? Their investments come down. Hmm. So banks are hurting bad, just like it's not just you and me that, that think that we're hurting because the stock market's down, the bond market's down, interest rates are rising, inflation is persisting, and we have no money. Banks are feeling it even worse, but they're dealing with other people's money. Right. They're dealing with uh, essentially 100 percent of your you know, deposits that you put in the bank they're using to invest. And when their investments come down, they got to be getting squirrely and sweating. It's like, I hope not everybody comes out to get their money. Right. So the whole thing is great. Great quote there. Right. Is is a Ponzi scheme. Social Security is a Ponzi scheme because you're going to ultimately have more sure. people in retirement than you have people paying into the system. Banking is like a, a Ponzi scheme hidden, yep. right? Because they're using other people's money to invest. And if everybody wanted it out, it's simply not there. Well, that's the definition of a Ponzi scheme, right? right. So, so this is a dangerous video to watch. And then what makes it more dangerous is when do people need their money out of the banks? When they have no money. Right. right. They start when, withdrawing it. Wait, and you're in a tough, bills, you're in a tough they, moment. You got a, 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 a sick child. You've got, you know, what your spouse lost their job or is in between, you know, when, when you, man, I need to go take my money out. We've been saving this money. I need to go take it out. And you assume yeah. that it's going to be there. Yeah. So, so let's watch that video again after that little kind of deep dive explanation. And then we're going to show why banks are in such a dangerous spot right now and why okay. this video is so appropriate. Just really pay attention to the language and clarity here. What about lending? Surely they're lending money. Um, no, they don't. Banks don't lend money. Banks, again, at law, it's very clear, they're in the business of purchasing securities. That's it. So you say, okay, don't, you know, confuse me with all that legalese. No. I want a loan. I want a loan. Yeah. Fine. Here's the loan contract. Here's the offer letter. And you sign. At law, it's very clear, you have issued a security, namely a promissory note, and the bank is going to purchase that. That's what's happening at Put law. it in layman's terms. What does that mean? It means that... Um, what the bank is doing is very different from what it presents to the public that it's doing. How does this fit together? So you say, fine, the bank purchases my promissory note, but how do I get my money? I want, you know, it's a I loan. Want I want 200 my grand, right? I don't care about the details. I want the money. The bank will say, well, you'll find it in your account with us. That would be technically correct. If they say, we'll transfer it to your account, that's wrong because no money is transferred at all it's already from in anywhere inside the bank or outside the bank. Why? Because what we call a deposit is simply the bank's record of its debt to the public. Now, it also owes you money, and its record of the money it owes you is what you think you're getting as money, and that's all it is. And that is how the banks create the money supply. The money supply consists to 97% of bank deposits and these are created out of nothing by banks when okay They're, they explained it again because you assume they give you money there's but moving around you put it in there but it's not but people are borrowing more money than ever and that's They're probably that because they could borrow 100 of what the bank has so the bank lends out that 100 percent correct 
So how much debt does America actually in, right? This is what makes this whole video so very extreme and, and a little bit scary. I don't want people to walk around in fear, right? But it is a scary video because banks aren't the safe haven that you thought that they were. So when people get into debt pickles and they need money out, this is when they go to the banks. Well, look at this chart of the 90% of America. This is the bottom 90%. So what they're omitting is just the top 10% you know, of the billionaires and millionaires and everything else in the country. The debt for 90% of America jumped over four to a $4 trillion, the highest point ever. Highest point ever. For now, debt this is in America. For, for, this is for Americans. This isn't like, oh, that's the government's debt because they 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 give a trillion dollars a day to you know Ukraine war effort, you know, and whatever. Right. Um no, this, this is consumer debt. This, this is this is my neighbors. These are my- people you see when you're walking around. They're, they're like, hey, I need to I'm I'm borrowing money to get us by. We just had Christmas and Christmas, you know, was tight. And so people put it on their credit card or they took out a line of uh, against their home or, you know, to kind of get them through because it feels like everybody's life looks kind of similar. You know, you don't see a ton of people downsizing and liquidating and get rid of things. Everybody's sort of acting. They're on the Titanic, but they're still playing the violin. Everybody's still, it seems like everything's pretty normal, but it's because of the use of debt that's creating the facade of normalcy. Right, because people's wages are down. Don't believe the State of the Union when Biden said wages are up and inflation is down. It's not the case. Wages are down and and unemployment's not the lowest it's been in 50 years. And in fact, it's insanely horrible. This is why Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Tesla, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, Bed Bath & Beyond, this is why they're all laying off people by the tens of thousands, right? So people aren't working. They're using their credit cards to go into debt. This is why this consumer debt number is the biggest ever. Well, who issues credit cards? Banks, right? Mm. So if people don't have jobs, the propensity for them to pay off their credit cards is not there. So banks are even in bigger trouble there because the investments that they make with the $100 deposit that you made them, just like we saw in the video, if they're if, if A, their investments are coming down in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and real estate, and they're not getting their payments from consumer debt because people can't really afford it and bankruptcies are starting to skyrocket. Well, banks are in a huge world of hurt, huge world of hurt, right? So so let's look at what the the Fed has in mortgage-backed securities, right? So so this is the St. Louis Federal Reserve. They, they track these numbers. This is mortgage-backed securities held by the Federal Reserve. Can exp- explain this for people that are on like Apple or Spotify and they, they, not, they can't see the chart that you're, you're looking at. So it, it, it's almost at, at the highest point ever, but it started to come down because real estate values are tanking, right? So their holdings of mortgage-backed securities is at the highest point ever in the history of the country, right? So this is one of the, the balance sheet items of the Federal Reserve is more mortgage-backed securities. Okay. And it's mushroom. It's like it's gone through the roof. It's gone parabolic. It's gone straight up over the last few years, right? So, so, but now that real estate is starting to collapse, what does that mean? It means the holdings of the Federal Reserve are starting to collapse. They are going to ultimately run out of money because they're invested in toxic assets. What's mm. the Federal Reserve? It's like the parent of federal banks, right? So, so you've got to the, goes to the very, very top. It's not just your mom and pop bank. It's not just your regional banks. It's not just your credit unions. It's not just the big massive banks like Bank of America, City, Chase, Wells Fargo, right? It's, it goes to the very top, to the Federal Reserve. They have toxic assets that are starting to implode. And this is the beginning, I think, of, of a massive banking crisis that, that's unfolding, right? 
when you look at this chart, you know, it, you know, it goes along, say 2012, 14, like 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. It drops dramatically, ironically, in 17, 18, 19, 20, then 20, it 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 doubles. It is it it goes mm-hmm. it it goes off like a rocket. I mean, that's a, a major, I mean, anything that would happen that quick, if your blood pressure increased that quickly, if your heart rate increased that rapidly, something happened, you know, you know, a guy with a hockey mask jumped out of the closet or something to make your heart do that. Like anything that changes that rapidly is a shock to the system. It's a break in normalcy. And there's shock nothing that, the that, that, that that's, the stock market's like normalcy. Banks like normalcy. Businesses like normalcy. That's not normal. Well, and this shows us that there's collusion in the system, right? Since 2020, when Biden became president, the economy really started to tank. What was the Fed then buying? Mortgage-backed securities to keep the housing market afloat because nobody else wanted them, right? So, so all of this is proof that the market is being held together with stimulus money because it went straight up, right? And there's been trillions and trillions of dollars that have been spent. So in that video that we saw, it talked about, you know, the, the lending of banks and them using our money to make other money is the money supply. Well, as we talked about the last couple of weeks, the money supply is shrinking, which is why if you go to usdebtclock.org, um, it shows the price of oil, the price of gold, the price of silver, it's zero. Why? Because the money supply is shrinking. That means they don't have as much money in the money supply. They're actually pulling money out of the system to get us ready for central bank digital currency and the digital version of it. They need paper dollars to be gone. So the whole banking structure and the fundamental underpinnings of banking as we know it are changing right underneath our nose. And it doesn't, you don't have to be a rocket science. You don't have to be a PhD economist to figure this out. Money right. supply is shrinking. Banks are running out of money. They're using your money. The FDIC has nothing. Does When you hear that, it's like, oh, my word, are banks safe? No, banks aren't safe right now. It's not the safe haven that you thought that they were. right? And as inflation persists and as interest rates continue to rise, that's going to amplify the problem. Like just later today, the 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 CPI numbers are going to come out. Right. Which is which that's your wheelhouse. That's one of your PhDs focused on exactly mm-hmm. the manipulation of the numbers of what they say a cart of groceries costs, so to speak. You know, the actual cost of living, the the items that you're buying and how that's been manipulated since Clinton. Mm-hmm. So so here's my theory. And and inflation, we haven't even seen the beginning stages of it yet, as sadly as that sounds, because we've been seeing it rising. Look at this um, since what, 2020? Inflation has gone almost straight up. I don't think we've seen even the middle to end stages of it. Why? Because you've got people that aren't spending money, David. So when the CPI numbers come out today, they're going to be up probably 03 to 0.4%, you know, and, and they're, and sadly their, their mantra is, Hey, we're raising interest rates to, to lower inflation. Look what it's done over the last couple of months. Our plan is working, but, but it's not going to happen. I think in, inflation goes up today when we see the numbers and mm-hmm. they've got to be shuddering in their boots, right? Because Raising interest rates isn't slowing down inflation. It's actually starting to go up again, but it's going to get worse because warehouses are full, right? So Costco, Target, Walmart warehouses are full because nobody's buying. So what's happening? The ships that are coming in, you know, the big cargo container ships from China and whatever else, they they can't unload their stuff because the warehouses on land are full. So they're starting to charge interest now to the people buying their stuff and they're keeping them in the containers. So the cost of storing that stuff is now up 11% over the last year. 
they're they're charging people it's at the tune of 11%. Now, producer prices are going through the roof. That's wholesale prices. The cost of manufacturing is more than double that of CPI. So what's on those containers? Stuff that's recently manufactured at higher commodity prices with higher steel, higher coal, everything else because mm -hmm. of, of inflation, right? So when those hit the warehouses, prices are going to go up even more because the producer prices are up and retailers have to commensurate that, right? So you're going to see much higher inflation moving forward. These are huge leading economic indicators that tell me one thing. Inflation is persisting. They're going to keep raising rates to try to slow it down. Banks are going to be stressed more than they've ever been stressed because their investments are going to come down because of this. And so what do we do? We invest into something that's going to take advantage of these trends. It's like we can't help it, David, that these trends are bad news. I mean, we're not trying to be the purveyors of bad news right. and profits. Well, actually, show. what you're trying to do is, is, is you're throwing people life preservers. Yeah. You, you know, exactly what we're doing with this show and the reason for doing it. And if this was just projecting doom and gloom, I couldn't even be a part of it. I'd be like, hey, everybody just take, you know, I don't know what, just get off the grid and go. But the reality of it is every single person I think that 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 we talk with, every family member. I mean, I, over this last weekend, we had breakfast with friends. We did Super Bowl party. We, everybody that I know personally and work with has, has taken as much as they can from the, from the fiat currency and moved it into digital silver. The people that I know and care about, family members, everybody that I know, because you do have an answer. And I feel like every single person that we get to connect with you guys at flyovergold.com and send you to your site, you make it smooth and easy to shift out of this monopoly money mm -hmm. into something that you can take out and you're holding. And as the world goes crazy around you, your world doesn't have to, because you've got, you've got a thing, you know, that's protected well, that's from exactly all of this. Right. It's like, it's like throwing starfish back in the ocean. That's how I feel about every person that calls into you guys. And we do it every month. We're, we're making that move. Yeah. Every single thing that we can as a family, my kids, you know, everything that they can, they're putting out of this stuff and into actual silver. Yeah, I mean, so so the the economic news is bad, right? We don't have to have a frown on our face. And we're just telling us, telling everybody what is the status of the economy because of the administration that we have. Mm -hmm. You know what? Even even the Bible says that times are going to get ugly, right? It's like, okay, it's it's you you don't have to just but why does it tell you? Because it gives you an answer, it gives you a solution. Yeah. You know, Jesus is your hope and in the in the midst of the crisis in the midst of the storm, Jesus is your hope. Yep. This is your lifeline financially to go into things that will put a smile on your face. You can be in the right place at the right time. Be wise stewards of what God's given you and allocate accordingly. This is why we do what we do to put a smile on people's face and start to melt away that fear. Because you know what? I've, you know, early on in, in our marriage, when, when I was just young, before, when our, before our kids were even born and they're now in their 20s and late teens, right? Well, you know what? We had financial difficulties, right? It was a struggle when we were just, you know, getting on our feet and, and mm -hmm. starting out. And, and it's like I, that stress, that financial stress brings on families and brings on relationships is tough. And it affects your health and your sleep and everything else. Sure. This is why what we do is so important because we yes. want to bring that financial peace back into your life, back into relationships and to impact everything in a good way in your life. You know, um, my, my son started this journaling thing each day. It's, it's an app and it gives you like, you know, a couple of minutes to think of some things you're thankful for. He said, I actually had, a, I had trouble. What just the chiefs uh, win the Super Bowl? He goes, I had trouble putting it into one thing because there's so many things. And a big part of it is the fact of 
with this going crazy that we've moved out of the fake currency. And you're exactly right. The Bible always gives you this juxtaposition. One dude builds his house on sand. Another dude builds his house on rock. You know, and there's nothing sandier than fiat currency. When you look out through history, there's never been one fiat currency that ever lasted. And when you see your own government intentionally imploding it so they can move you over to a central bank digital currency to be able to put their thumb on every thought you have, every item that you buy, control how far from your own house you even spent a dollar. Um, you don't have to, again, I'm glad we got you with two PhDs, but you don't have to be a double PhD to figure this is what they're doing. This is a way to get out. Don't, don't go to silver, buy nails, buy ammo, buy two by four, buy, buy something though that is a thing. If you guys go to flyovergold.com, it gets you into Dr. Kirk's world. He has an incredible team of people that can walk you through how easy it is to do it. You don't have to have a full big IRA. You can do a small purchase. Or if you do got a retirement fund and you see it going down every single month, you can transfer that. They can walk you through all of those things. Or you can call them at 720-605-3900, 720-605-3900. I encourage you to do it today. Have that conversation, then sit. Sit with your spouse, sit with people you know, sit with people you care about and say, hey, what's going to give me the best odds of surviving the Biden economy? And it's definitely getting out of the fake stuff that you know that they're destroying and into something that's that's real, silver or gold or whatever else. And then somebody that has no commissions on the back end to be able to get you back out of that into something else in the future when every when when, when the whole the whole freaking country is a big fire sale. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what are you going to do about your finances? If you went back to 1920 and you had a $20 bill and you had one ounce of gold, you could go into a men's clothing store and you could buy an entire suit, the jacket, shoes, pants, wow. belts, everything. Today, what would that $20 bill buy you? It wouldn't. You couldn't buy a handkerchief for the $20 bill, but that one ounce of gold would still buy you. Even today, it would buy you an entire men's suit, shoes, belt, pants, jacket, everything. That's the difference. But today, that change is happening faster than ever. And we know a guy by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott that we've known for over 25 years. He has two PhDs. This is who we're actually using. This is who our friends and family are using. And he's a guy we trust completely. And in today's era, you need somebody you trust. So go to flyovergold.com and learn how to protect yourself against an inflating dollar.